Yo, yo, what's going on, people? This is the Business Cypher Podcast, and this is the first episode of the year, 2021. Just thank God that we made it. Man, 2020 was a doozy. I'm glad it's in the rearview mirror. But uh, just before we get started, man, I'm going to just do my little little drops. You know what I'm saying? Um, once again, this is the Business Cypher Podcast. Uh, I go by Basil Alexander. You can reach me with any questions, concerns, uh, thoughts, whatever, at thebusinesscipher at gmail.com. That's a D-A-B-I-Z-N-E-S-S-C-Y-P-H-A. You can also contact us or, or get at us on um, IG, Instagram, of course, The Business Cipher, as well as Twitter, The Business Cipher. And, um, yo, I just uh, got on the new app. Um, just got an invite for this, this new app. It's real Real good app, man. You guys should probably check it out. Uh, I think it's called Clubhouse. So uh, you can get at me on there as well, man. To Ben the Cipher, um, just trying to uh, trying to get it together for the new year, man. Try to have some fun with everything, and um, yo, just stay blessed and all of that. So uh, yo, man, let's get let's let's go ahead and get into this, man. Y'all know the routine. Let's get it. Ah, 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 ha, ha, yeah, 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 man, like I said before, like I said earlier, man, it's just glad and blessed to be here in, in 2021, man, 2020 was the craziest year for, I'm assuming, a lot of us, man, there's a lot of craziness going on, man, that we just not used to, and so now, uh, God willing, man, we could get back to some, some, some routines, some helpful and healthy routines that's, that's, all good for, for our bodies and for our mentals and for our fans and all of that. So, uh, yo, yo, just shout out to all of you guys out there that's able to listen and able to take part and that's still here, man. Word up, man. We loving you and shout out to those that left us, man. God rest, man. Yo, we miss you. But um, let's go. Let's go ahead and get into these things, man. Word up. Um, man, it's been wild, yo. It's been wild since the last time I was able to touch base with y'all, man. Uh, again, it's the first episode for 2021, so we just going to dive in, man. We just got a few topics today, and we're going to just get at it, man. For real, for real, man. So, uh, most recently, let's see what we're going to take a look at so far. Let's see. First and foremost, let's rock with, ah, I'm going to hit you with these coaches. <laughs> Word up, man. Earlier this morning, if you guys are not aware, um, your man Tom Herman, uh, Coach Herman for the Texas uh, Longhorns, um, football team was fired. You know what I'm saying? They told him to kick rocks, man. <laughs> they told him to get up out of here. You are no longer needed. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yo, yo, that'd have been crazy if Tom was, was singing that song on the way out the door. <laughs> he like, yo, caught on his inner Aaron, Aaron Hall was like, yo, how you throw me like this? Ah, word up, word up, man. But, um, 
Yeah, man, it got rid of the dude after the four years, man. Yo, um, man, it's wild, man. I mean, hey, undoubtedly, Texas, Texas, um, somehow, I guess, with, with the higher ups, have gotten to a point where they don't want to wait around no more, man. That they don't want to like really get into a, a, a situation where they they're spending a whole lot of time and, and years on a particular coach and not really having a lot of return to show for it. You know what I'm saying. And that's um, kind of a repeat, really. If you look at their last two coaches uh, since Mac Brown, man, I mean, they got the dude, Tom Herman, who they just just got rid of uh, this morning. And then, of course, your man, Charlie Strong. They got him up out of He didn't even get four years. You know what I'm saying? So, and, and Charlie Strong's record, um, if you look at his, his resume, man, it's much more uh, uh, lofty and uh, respectable <laughs> in comparison to Todd, to uh, Tom Herman. Um, no disrespect to Herman, but, yo, I mean, uh, really, I, I say it like this, man. Yo, Texas asked for this situation, if you ask me. I mean, if you're asking me, Texas asked for this situation when they made the hire. I mean, yes, indeed, uh, Herman was that hot dude for the moment. You know what I'm saying? He was listening he was at everybody. He was kind of like, oh, this dude is, is making moves over here at, at the University of Houston, man. He's, 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 yo, he's ripping it up. But at the same time, man, I mean, I think they kind of like um, kind of uh, didn't take everything into consideration, um, being that, yeah, he, he was doing his thing, but he also was at Houston, which is also located in this great state of Texas. And Texas is a recruitment hotbed, man. So it's, it's a, lot of, a lot of kids out there, a lot of players out there that's always highly ranked. I mean, Texas football is, come on, man, Texas football is, is its own world entirely. So it's not like this dude was – Went out to freaking Boise State, you know what I'm saying? Or went somewhere like, um, I don't know, Syracuse, somewhere crazy. Uh, actually, I won't even pull the Big East into that. Somewhere crazy, you know what I'm saying? Uh, University of South Dakota or something like that. It's not like he went out to a spot that nobody knows about, you know what I'm saying, that's really not known um, for putting out a lot of high five-star recruits. Man, he was in the state of Texas. So, I mean, his record at Houston, yeah, yeah, he did some things. He did his thing over there, you know what I'm saying? Uh, what the two years and first make sure you guys hear this part the two years <laughs> the two years that he was a head coach at the University of Houston he, he got his money I mean he was 13 and one and nine and three yeah cool cool but but again come on fam I mean we really gonna ask for a, a, a coach a former coach of with only like two years of experience to come into a situation that they have at Texas and just kind of turn some things around immediately. I mean, if you're asking for some real type of returns, you know what I'm saying, in, in what, a little over four, but four years, you want you want to see something on, on the table that's like, oh, oh, look what he did. You know what I'm saying? If you're really asking for that, coming from a situation where Mac was out of there and then y'all came back with Charlie, you know what I'm saying, and then you're coming over the time, I mean, I would think, you know what I'm saying, that you would give Homeboy a, a little bit more time to kind of make it make it happen because – um. I don't know, man. It's just a real ill situation, man. It's not like, you know what I'm saying, Texas was flying high for the longest, you know what I'm saying? They, they had some years, some good stuff, you know what I'm saying? Um, but, yo, it's just going to take some time, man. I mean, you you got to realize that a lot of the powerhouses uh, in college football right now were not powerhouses um, way back when, when Mac Brown was doing his thing. You know what I'm saying? I mean, Clemson wasn't Clemson, you know what I'm saying, back then. I mean, Clemson Clemson's just now just getting to that point on that, on that same – that perennial powerhouse tip. You know what I'm saying? They just now getting there within the last few years or so. You know what I'm saying? They don't have, like, you know, 15 years in the game with Clemson, Clemson, Clemson football. Nah, man, they, they just getting there. You know what I'm saying? So 
that's changed, man. And Alabama's pretty much always been there, but a lot of teams that we're, we're seeing, I'm saying, at the end of the year are in the same predicaments are not the same teams that Texas um, was used to dealing with back in the day. You know what I mean? So w- with that in mind, I mean, Texas did not change with the times. They did not change with the times, and that's why they ended up in the, predic- the predicament that they're in right now. You know what I'm saying? So, so now you're looking at um, getting rid of a coach after – getting rid of Charlie Strong, who didn't get four years. You gave Herman his four years. But, I mean, I just really don't understand exactly what they were expecting. You know what I'm saying? Um, now, I kind of can see, you know what I'm saying, certain, um, certain streamlines in relation to where you think they should have finished as far as the record. I kind of, and, and I'm, I'm sorry, let me add the, the factor, of course, is recruiting. You know what I'm saying? Um, I really feel like the reason that Charlie got, got 86 is because of where he was with recruiting in addition to his record. You know what I'm saying? So, like with Tom, Her- with Tom Herman, I mean, he came in with the, with the low class, of course, with the, the transitional, transitional stage between him and Charlie Strong, of course. Uh, he had a recruiting class. It was ranked like 20, 26, you know what I'm saying, back in like 17. But after that, yo, um, yo, he followed up kind of strong, man. I mean, he came in, he had the third-ranked recruiting class in 2018, Third ranked again in 2019, and he was ninth in 2020, um, or ninth in 2020. So, uh, uh, I don't know, man. I mean, should two top five recruiting classes guarantee that you have an outstanding record? You know what I'm saying? Like, at least double-digit run- wins? <sighs> man. And, I'm sorry, let, let me make sure I'm, I'm, I'm specific with this. Two Top five recruiting classes without a quarterback who's able to overtake your current quarterback with Sam Ellinger. You know what I'm saying? So out of 2018 and 2019, there's no quarterback that came out of those two classes that it has that emerged enough to take over the job from Sam Ellinger. With that being said, really, um, were those classes fairly ranked? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You're going to tell me out of those two third-ranked classes that you didn't have a quarterback that could take over Sam Ellinger. I'm not dissing Sam Ellinger by any means, not disrespecting his game, but Sam Ellinger, I mean, come on. When 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 the draft comes up, I'm saying when the NFL draft comes up, where will Sam Ellinger be? He's not going to be a first-rounder, not going to be a second-rounder, guaranteed. All right? So with that in mind, you're going to tell me that out of those two classes right there, the quarterback couldn't make his way to the top or you didn't feel comfortable starting the quarterback that you recruited. You know what I'm saying? So that that in itself is, is a question um, that needed to be answered and should have been um, really uh, given a, a kind of like a microscope, you know what I'm saying, in my eyes, um, as far as in relation to the record or the records that uh, Herman was winding up with. I mean, what, in 17, he, well, yeah, 17, 10 and 4, 18, 8 and 5, 19, no, 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 let me take that back. I'm sorry. 17, 7 and 6, 18, 10 and 4, 19, 8 and 5. This year, 7 and 3. Um, yo, I mean, what do y'all want? <laughs> what did y'all want? University of Texas, what did y'all want? Y'all wanted a national championship out of the blue, out of nowhere? Um, or did y'all, like I said, did y'all want double-digit wins? I would rock with double-digit wins. I mean, I think that's fair, you know what I'm saying, considering his recruiting classes. So I guess if you're saying that I... Right, Yo, Herman's not getting the best out of these recruits, these great recruits that he's pulling in. He's doing his thing with recruiting, going out there and getting these four- and five-star kids. 
but it's not turning into wins. You know what I'm saying? Immediately. You know what I'm saying? So now if that's your reason for firing a dude, all right, cool. I can rock with that. That's that's understandable. That's understandable. However, now you're going over and saying that you want to rock with Steve Sarkeesian. You know what I'm saying? So, hey, uh, let's take a look. I mean, what you did, what, what got you into this predicament? Again, you hired Tom Herman of the strength of uh, heck, being head coach at Houston for two years. Two years. You know what I'm saying? He, got, he, was, two years, he was at Houston for two years. So now you're going to rock with Sarkeesian. Now, the name Sarkeesian is, has been thrown around quite a bit. You know what I'm saying? Um, I've heard the name a bunch of times with other universities, um, but um, just on the humble, I know he's, he's at USC for a while, so just on the humble, I'm just going to check him out because I'm not really overly familiar with his 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 record and his and his um and where he's been. All right, so looking it up right now, and the dude was at Sarkeesian used to Sarkeesian was at head coach at Washington University of Washington back in like '09. Saying the Washington, he was five and seven in 09, 2010, seven and six, 11, seven and six, 12, uh, seven and six, 13, eight and four. He was at SC, uh, USC, in 14 and 15. Uh, in 14, uh, he was nine and four. And 15, undoubtedly, he must have got axed. Uh, he finished at three and two. Um, yeah. I mean, does that sound like. Does that sound like does that sound like a, a consistent record of success to you? It doesn't to me. You know what I'm saying? It doesn't to me. I mean, he was at Washington. I mean, Washington. Come on, all right. USC a little bit more higher profile, and his best record at USC was, was the nine and four year in 2014. You know what I'm saying? After that, after the USC years, I guess he went off. Um, became an assistant and all that. Um, but uh, is he hot enough? For y'all, for for the University of Texas to go ahead and, and pay the buyout money that they that they're going to have to pay to uh, Tom Herman and his assistants, and in addition to taking on the risk of choosing choosing Sarkeesian, you know what I'm saying? Um, word. I don't know, man. I, I if it was me, I'd be like, nah. I'd have to go another route. I mean, first off, um, one thing to kind of consider is if you look at a. a not a lot, but if you look at some of these coaches that, that, that are coming from Alabama, yo, um, a lot of these coaches coming from Alabama that wind up as head coaches are coming, they're not coming <laughs> from situations, from favorable conditions. You know what I'm saying? A lot of them are like running. You know what I'm saying? They want to run. <laughs> Word up. But uh, yeah, if you just look at a lot of the, a lot of the, uh, the coaches, uh, that a lot of former head coaches that come over to the University of Alabama and become assistants, many of the times from what I've noticed, yo, what I can tell from what I remember, they're coming from bad situations that forced them over to Alabama. And it's kind of like Nick Saban's like, oh, oh, that dude is kind of decent. Yeah, let me go ahead and, um, yeah, yeah, come on through. Come on through being assisted and, uh, yeah, help us out for a little bit. And from what I've seen, um, many times these, these former head coaches that come over to the University of Alabama are only there for like two, three years tops. You know what I'm saying? Like um, homeboy from um, homeboy University of Maryland and, and a couple of more. Um uh, uh, Lane Kiffin, in fact. Yeah, man, they, it's kind of like they came over to Bama from like an ill situation, um, was able to stabilize and gain some consistency and also um, bring their profile back to a, a certain point of, of excellence by being affiliated with the University of Alabama. And then they're able to make moves. 
because of the success that Alabama is always bringing to the table. So, me, I mean, personally, man, I, I kind of would be worried, be a little worried if I was University of Texas just based off the situation and based off of um, coaches coming from Alabama under the, the same conditions. Um, Kiffin starting to, seems like he's starting to, you know, turn it around. You know, it seems like they had a good win today, University of Mississippi, uh, oh, I'm sorry, Ole Miss versus Indiana. Um, he's going to get props for that. However, uh, a lot of media outlets, a lot of uh, analysts, so-called analysts and experts and all of that, yo, they, they totally going to leave out the fact that Indiana has been missing their, their starting um, quarterback for like the last few games. So, I mean, yeah, yeah, Kiffin got Mississippi to beat him, but fam, yo, I mean, they were missing the dude Michael Penix. And Michael Penix was getting his money this year. Um, Indiana only had one loss, and that one loss was a close loss to Ohio State. So, I, I mean, yeah, you got to play the game with the players that are able that, to, to, to suit up. But, I mean, yo, I'm not really giving them crazy props. I'm not giving Kiffin a whole lot of props for that win today. It was a great win, but I'm not giving them a whole lot of props because uh, Indiana's quarterback was gone. And still, and still Indiana still almost pulled it out. So, hey, I don't know. But but back to the Tom Herman situation with Texas. Um, yeah, man, I would just be really be – I would really be wary um, concerning – um, the potential for Tom Herman, excuse me, for um, Steve Sarkeesian at the uh, University of Texas, man. I would, yo, I would keep a close eye, man, because I mean, we could, we could, they're making that hire today, and to, in my eyes, it's almost a similar hire um, to what they just did. You know what I'm saying, taking a a, a former head coach um, that doesn't have a whole lot of years of experience. Now he does. Uh, Sarkeesian does have more years of experience um, in comparison to Tom Herman. Um, he has six years of head coaching experience. So, yeah, that's cool. But still, I mean, we're talking about just, like I said, University of Washington, uh, USC, who hasn't been high for, for years now. Um, and basically, he's, he's coming back or he's coming through off the strength of, of being with Nick Saban. So if y'all want to go ahead and and put a lot of pressure on homeboy because of the situation that you're in right now, um, and hopefully – you'll be able to understand that, yo, you can't do that. I mean, because you're going to be in the same situation in four years. You're going to be in the same exact predicament if this situation isn't handled uh, correctly. And it really just comes down to, I mean, the recruits are there. Even even if Texas, the University of Texas gets all of their recruits out of Texas and they're still not even all highly ranked, we're still talking about Texas athletes, Texas players, man. Yo, you're still talking about a lot of kids who's probably – should be ranked higher and are not ranked as high because there's so many players in the state of Texas. So he's still going to wind up with some great players. You know what I'm saying? So he should be able to flip that into some more wins, I would think. You know what I mean? But um, I guess we're going to have to wait and see. We're going to have to wait and see, man. I'm not I'm not really a fan at all of Texas, uh, University of Texas. So, I mean, hey, more power to him. Good luck. We'll see what happens, man. See what happens. Should be interesting. But, yeah, man, let's make moves. Move up for Herman. Over to this next coach. <laughs> this next coach. Oh, Lord, 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 Lord. Jeez, please. All right, all right, all right, all right. Enough of that, enough of that. So if you guys don't know by now, man, it, it looks like Philadelphia Eagles will be keeping, holding on to um, Doug Peterson. Sheesh. 
Yeah, man. Uh, as a Philly Eagle fan, man, I, I was really hoping um, for a little bit of turnover, man. Yo, um, yeah, Peterson is the guy. I mean, I mean, come on, man. He brought us the Super Bowl, man. Yo, much respect for that. But, yo, man, I just kind of was feeling like it was time to go, man, just kind of based off um, the style that um, the style of football that uh, his team continually comes to the field with. I just really wasn't feeling them, man. I mean, with, with all of the uh, the going forward on fourth down all the time in the worst situations, um, just the the total disrespect and total uh, lack of confidence um, in trying to utilize the running game um, for years. I mean, yo, the dude does not like to run the ball at all, and and unfortunately, it makes him it makes the Eagles almost like one dimensional to a certain extent, and they don't have to be that. They don't have to be that because they got the dude Miles Sanders, which is saying a lot because Roseman, Howie, Ro- Howie Roseman, the GM of the Philadelphia Eagles, has been jacking up drafts for, for years. You know what I'm saying? He makes these crazy picks that trying to outsmart everybody when he doesn't even have to. You know what I'm saying? But in this particular situation, when it comes to Miles Sanders, he hit, he hit it. You know what I'm saying? Miles Sanders is that dude. But for some reason, Miles Sanders does not get the amount of touches that he deserves to get in this Philadelphia Eagle office, and it puts a whole lot of pressure on your Carson Wentz's, on your Jalen Hurts, on your quarterback positions. Um, I'm saying at, 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 at a whole. I mean, it's like, yo, man, run, run the freaking ball, man. Run the ball. Run the ball. Use the ball. Use the run to set up the pass, man. It's real simple, especially when you're considering that you don't have a consistent starting offensive line, man. You're switching up your line so much due to uh, injuries and due to other situations Yo, if, if you're on that, man, just run, make it simple. Run the ball. You don't have to have no gimmicks with the offense. Just run. Get the ball to Miles. Miles Sanders should be getting the ball at least 20 times, no less than 20 to 25 times per game. And I don't think that's happened almost at all this whole this entire season. You know what I'm saying? Um, if it did happen, it happened by mistake. <laughs> it's, 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 it's something that you could tell, like, right off the rip that, that Doug Peterson is not really – trying to do he's just, he's just not trying to go that route man it's and it's unfortunate because miles is really good and miles could really help again alleviate some of the pressure off of the quarterback position but he's not given that opportunity and it's whack it's real whack um that in 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 addition to uh jim schwartz oh man <sighs> jim schwartz man in that wide nine thing that yeah get get it out of here man it's a wrap man it's a wrap yo the, the defense was horrible um i understand that I'm saying a lot of personnel issues, especially concerning the secondary, and then that's that's a given. You know what I'm saying? Nowhere, nowhere to go or nowhere out of that. I mean, that's just that, that it is what it is. You know what I'm saying? But with that in mind, then maybe you needed to adjust your defense a little bit. Maybe you need to uh, try to pull some some tricks out your hat to kind of offset that that problem in the secondary. You know what I'm saying? Um, yeah, he gave you he gave you a, a shutdown corner with my man Slade, but I mean. Yo, you got to work around that, Schwartz. I mean, you got to, yo, you got to work around that. You got to get your unit up and ready. And, yo, they just have not been prepared uh, throughout the the last few years, man. Defense has been garbage, man. Defense has been real whack. And uh, getting disrespected out there, man. And it's craziness, man. So, um, with that in mind, (laughs) Jim Schwartz, uh, the news is Jim Schwartz stepped down today. So, that's that's dope. That's real dope. But, unfortunately, we're dealing with uh, still, it seems like at least, you're still dealing with Howie Roseman. So, um, yo, that dude right there, I'd have zero confidence in Howie Roseman. I mean, zero. 
So if we're talking about Howie, Howie Roseman being the one that's going to make the uh, hire for the next defensive coordinator of the Philadelphia Eagles, man, I have no confidence. Um, I'm not sure where he's going to go with it. All I know is hopefully he makes uh, – I'll be surprised if he makes the right move. Let's put it that way. You know what I'm saying hopefully he does because, yo, the Philadelphia Eagle defense used to be like a stalwart, man. I mean, they used to be something that you could count on, and it seems like that's, that is that is kind of just dissipated within the last few years, man. I mean, the defense is, is embarrassing, man. It's embarrassing. I mean, they're passing all over us <laughs> easily. So, yeah, we got to get that together, man. But, um, yeah, man, the news is out, man. Doug Peterson is still still with us, man. Doug Peterson is still the head coach. Um, I guess the kind of things, uh, or I guess the next thing to kind of look at is to see if Howie Roseman is going to stay on board, which if they went ahead and announced that Peterson was staying, I'm pretty much guaranteeing that Roseman is staying. Um, so, because I'm, I'm pretty sure they would have announced that first. You know what I mean? So, yeah, man, it's kind of it's kind of whack. But, uh, hey, if that's the case, all I can say is, yo, Peterson, man, just kind of be easy a little bit, man. You don't have to put a whole lot of pressure on Jalen Hurts. You know what I'm saying? Um, hopefully, uh, we're going to have a pretty decent draft pick this year, man. You just gonna have to, you guys going to have to sit down and make the correct pick. You know what I'm saying? Don't try to rethink the will like we did last year when we went ahead and went with Jalen Rager and passed on who will probably be the rookie of the year this year, offensive rookie of the year, and Jordan Jefferson. <laughs> you passed on him. Um, year before that, you went with Arcega, Arcega Whitehead at, at the receiver spot, and what's he doing? I mean, outside of blocking on on um, RPOs, what is he doing? Nothing, absolutely nothing. So, come on, man, just just make it simple. Make the simple pick, man. You don't got to reinvent the wheel, man. You ain't got to do nothing crazy. Make the simple and obvious pick. You know what I'm saying? And I guarantee you it's gonna it's gonna it's gonna fall in your favor, man. For real. Bird, man, you ain't got to do nothing special. Just, just pick the dude. Pick the right kid. Pick the right receiver. Pick the right lineman. Whatever. Just, just pick the right person based off the information. You don't have to dig deep, especially if you have a first-round pick. You don't have to go out to the WAC conference. You don't have to go out to the Pac-10. You don't have to go out to Division Two to try to find a diamond in the rough, man. You have a first-round pick. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You have a first-round pick for a reason. That means that you can go to the SECs. You can go to your Big Ten, Big Twelves, and all of those spots to get the best player available. Nine times out of ten, especially when it comes to these skill positions, these running, especially the receiver position in these corners, you're probably going to want to go ahead and look at the SEC conference. You know what I mean? So we're going to be right there to make the, a good pick, you know what I'm saying, coming up. So, yo, just make the right move, Roseman. Peterson, get back to – not even get back. Just just get your mind right, fam. Yo, run the ball, please. Run the ball. Get Miles Sanders the ball at least 25 times. And then we can make moves in the air, man. Just use a run to set up the pass, especially considering that you're, you're probably going to have a much more mobile quarterback with Jalen Hurts. And um, yeah, that kid looked good, too. <laughs> he surprised me. That was a, a big surprise. I wasn't expecting to see uh, what I saw so far this year out of Jalen Hurts, and that kid looks spectacular. So, yeah, man, you, you, got a, you, you got a dog out there, man. You got a dog, so let's go ahead and let him get his work up and give him the tools, you know what I'm saying, that would allow him to be a success, you know what I'm saying? So, yeah, man, let's move on, man. Let's move on to the next. Let's move on to the next, man. Um, yeah, bowl games, man. These these most recent bowl games, uh, we had two dandies. Had two dandies. Well, I, I take that back. We had one good game on last night, and the other one was, was like, whack. You know what I'm saying? We had that um, Notre Dame versus Alabama. Everybody in the world pretty much knew what was going to happen. I mean, um, I'm a Notre Dame fan. I am a Notre Dame football fan. So, man, I wasn't expecting nothing special, man. I just kind of figured, like, if we lost by 
anything less than twenty one points that it would be it would be a good look. I mean, that's kinda like that was kinda like my mind my mindset going into it, you know what I'm saying? So um yeah. Uh but we got spanked, man. I mean never was was nothing close. It was never we were never a threat to do anything. Um when we did have the opportunity to kinda make the game more respectable, we, we definitely did not take advantage of the situation, of those opportunities and hey, we pretty much got what we deserve, man. Um, hate to say it, though, we probably shouldn't have been there. I mean, we just got smashed by Clemson. You know what I'm saying? With that in mind, man, we probably shouldn't have been in that predicament. I mean, because, cause, I mean, really, if you look at how, how things um could have happened, I mean, we could have been up against Clemson again. Who would who would have wanted to see that? I mean, come on, man. Yeah. So it's kind of like, uh, I don't know, man. I don't know, man, with this Brian Kelly dude, man. I'm, I'm not feeling him at all. I just don't understand how Notre Dame signed him to this, this crazy long contract like he's Lou Holtz or something. Bringing in championships, man. He does the same thing. It seems like on a consistent basis, man. I mean, he gets he gets Notre Dame to a certain point. You know what I'm saying he gets them in the top ten, top five, whatever. When we're playing uh, that out of that strong out of conference um, schedule, but when we going against the powerhouses, yo, he gets smashed. When he goes against them, those University of Georgias, those Clemsons, those Alabamas, yo, he gets worked. Those Ohio States, he gets murdered. You know what I'm saying, I mean. Not even close, and it exposes all of the um, all of the issues regarding recruiting uh, when those games happen. Man, it's crazy, man. Um, fortunately, man, Brian Kelly. I mean, no, Notre Dame's recruiting rankings aren't where you would think they would be in comparison to like their record and where they stand uh, each year. You know what I mean, but um, yo, um, I mean they have like a they normally around like the top. They hover around the top ten. You know what I'm saying like nine, ten, somewhere around there. I'm saying, but nothing crazy. It's very rare that you see a Notre Dame recruiting class in the top five. I haven't seen it recently. I haven't seen it in some years, in fact. So, um, but yeah, man. With that in mind, though, as far as the actual recruits that that he tends to get, man, he tends to do well in certain areas that don't really seem to translate to success against those those really athletic teams, those big time teams. You know, what I'm saying those those Clemsons, those those Alabamas, those SEC SEC teams. Um, Brian Kelly's recruiting um, record um, and focus seems to be on the offensive line. He does really well on the offensive lines. You see him come out with a you know a five star here and there, some four stars on that offensive line. Um, he'll do okay on the, the defensive line. You know he'll, he'll pull a five star, random four star here and there. He'll never seem to really pull out like multiples on the defensive line as far as like multiple five stars or multiple four stars. It'll kind of just be one and done. You know what I'm saying? It'll be like four-star or five-star. And then the rest of the dudes or rest of the kids will be like three-stars and two-stars. You know what I'm saying? Linebackers, um, he, he tends to do better with the outside linebackers, but the inside linebackers typically are like three-star kids. You know what I'm saying? Outside linebackers, he might grab like a four-star, five-star. You know what I'm saying? As you've seen with like the Jalen Smiths and the new kid, uh, the um, Awuza, uh Karuma. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? He'll have he'll have some, some stuff like that. But in the secondary, and I don't care what – any so-called analyst or expert says, "Yo, Notre Dame has never had a decent or respectable, for that for that matter, secondary since Brian Kelly has been there." Straight him and down. He cannot recruit cornerbacks. Plain and simple. Um, it's obvious. It's right there in your face. Smack you in your face. Bye bye. <laughs> yeah, it's obvious, man. He can't recruit cornerbacks, man. Um, I mean, he'll get you. He'll get you a nice safety from somewhere. He'll get you like a five-star safety. Free safety, strong safety, something like that. Normally, like a free safety, I'm saying uh, Jalen Mills, um, got the Kyle Hamilton kid right now. Um, he'll get you something like that. 
Um, but yeah, man, cornerbacks uh, uh, is not his strong point. Word, and unfortunately, uh, when it comes to playing those big time, those big time games in the postseason, man, yo, they target our corners. They target our corners, and Brian Kelly is just not that type of coach, or he just hasn't shown up, at least up until now. He's just not that type of coach to to adjust. He doesn't make good adjustments at all, man. He's not the one to be adjusting on the fly and then making a move and it becomes successful. Nah, that's not his thing. He's more of that scripted type of thing. So it's kind of like once uh, the script is done or once the script, once he's going through his script and Clemson, Dabble, or somebody like that adjust, you're waiting for Brian Kelly to come back with something, and he never does, man. He never does. It never works out. So, uh, yeah, man. Um, and the only way to kind of help you with that, if you're somebody who can adjust as far as a coach, man, you're going to have to have those athletes out there. You're going to have to have those skill positions stopped with five stars and four-star players if possible. And when it comes to the cornerback position, he's just not able or he hasn't been able to do that. And that's where they be burning us up at, man. They be burning us <laughs> in that second day, be lighting us up. You know what I'm saying? And it just opens up all types of situations. And, yeah, man, we just kind of fall by the wayside, man. That's, that's one of the things when it comes to Notre Dame, always kind of getting smashed out every time they face a big team in the postseason, man. That in addition to, to Brian Kelly, for some reason – during those in those big games, he doesn't he doesn't make a concerted effort to go to his playmakers on the offensive side. Um, for instance, like this year, uh, the playmaker this year is Kyron Williams. You know what I'm saying? His running back. You know what I'm saying? Kyron Williams only had like 16, 16 rushes yesterday and like eight receptions for like thirty yards. You know what I'm saying? Um, yo, if that's your guy, man, just go to him. If that's your guy, go to him any and every single way that you possibly can. You know what I'm saying? Alabama wasn't shying away from from Najee. They wasn't shying away from Devontae Smith. They knew that Notre Dame knew that they was going to go that route. And they, it was just up to, to Notre Dame to have to stop those kids. And they couldn't. And they didn't. You know what I'm saying? It could have went the same way when it comes to this Kyron Williams. You know what I'm saying? You, you, hey, you could have just sold out and made sure and put every single crazy pulling offensive pull strategy, trap strategy, whatever strategy to get that man the ball and get him in some space. You know what I'm saying? And Yo, and it's not the first time. Like I said, it's not the first time. I mean, he's had what we would uh, come to find out playmakers in the past that he hasn't really taken a concerted effort to getting them the ball in these big games. Um, just, I mean, most recently, Chase Claypool. A lot of people did not know Chase Claypool was that nice because he was at Notre Dame and Brian Kelly did not feature the dude. You know what I'm saying? Brian Kelly, eh, he would go to Chase Claypool, you know what I'm saying, here and there, but he wasn't, like, using them like the Steelers are. He wasn't giving Chase the ball on the run. He wasn't giving him no end of rounds. He wasn't featuring this man in the offense on some slants and some double move. Nah, yo, from what I could remember, yo, Chase Claypool would, would typically run like two routes with Notre Dame. It was two routes. It was like the fly route, I'm saying the nine, and then a deep, a deep out. That was it. That's all I could recall, man. And if it wasn't those two routes, you didn't really see Chase Claypool. <laughs> Straight up and now, you really didn't see him. And, and for somebody with the ability that he has shown us, um, with the Pittsburgh Steelers, it's crazy that Chase Claypool wasn't picked a lot higher. And it's, it's mostly, again, because of the production. People were probably like, eh, he's showing some great numbers at this combine, but look at his production at Notre Dame. I mean, his last year, he only had like 1,000 yards. And that's considering that's uh, can, um, that's including the bowl game. Um, he rounded up with like a little, we wound up with less than 1,100 yards, man, and this dude is ripping up the league right now. So what does that tell you? Um, again, Brian Kelly not really selling out for his playmakers uh, when he has the opportunity to uh, in those big games. 
Um, in addition to that, yo, <laughs> it's just poor coaching on the defensive side of the ball, man. It's kind of like, yo, it's kind of like he shook. I'm saying he's scared. Brian Kelly coaches scared when he plays against these big-time teams, man, these big athletic teams on the defensive side of the ball, man. It's like he puts a game plan together, and what happens is it seems to me um, that he just doesn't want to get beat deep. That, that's the game plan. Yo, give them anything in front of you. Don't get beat deep. Um, but at the same time, don't pressure them either. You know what I'm saying? You never really saw Notre Dame come out with the blitz against Alabama, you know what I'm saying, on a regular basis. You saw it once or twice, you know what I'm saying? That's it. Outside of that, they just kind of sat back and, and let Bama just destroy them. You know what I'm saying? Devontae Smith destroyed them. That's basically what happened. Um, if you feel like your secondary is weak anyway, why not blitz? You know what I'm saying? Why not blitz? They're weak anyway. They're soft anyway. You know what I'm saying? They're they not, they, they not all Americans or five stars or whatever recruits anyway. So if that, that in, with that in mind, go ahead and give them a better opportunity to, to possibly make a better play by rushing the, the, the check downs, rushing the mind and what everything that Mac Jones has to go through at the quarterback position for Alabama. Make that dude rush. Put some pressure on the dude, man. He's going to beat you anyway if you sit back there because your corners can't stick the athletes of Alabama at the receiver position, they can't stick them. You know what I'm saying? They can't stick no Devontae Smith. And, and mind you, Waddle, Waddle was out yesterday. You know what I'm saying? He was out. So we didn't have to deal with that dude. And was still getting toasted up. <laughs> still getting toasted up. So with that in mind, and nobody expected anything different. You know what I'm saying? So with that in mind, man, you should have just sold out and blitzed like crazy from everywhere, from the corner position, linebacker position, everywhere. You should just blitz. Blitz until you can't blitz no more. You know what I'm saying? Like like homeboy from um remember the Titans. You know what I'm saying? We blitz him, we blitz him, we blitz him. Yo, just blitz till you can't blitz anymore, fam. Because your secondary is weak and they can't hold them anyway. So you might as well take a shot. You know what I'm saying? That in addition to also taking shots in the air, man. You guys gotta give yourself yourselves an opportunity to to at least, you know what I'm saying, compete. You know what I'm saying? You can't sit back here and oh, it wasn't there, or oh you had help him over top and not throw the ball in book. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And it's not just Ian Book. It's been other uh, Notre Dame quarterbacks that, that kind of, I don't know, sit back. Um, when it comes to big games, they don't really uh, have really a whole lot of production in these big games. But um, most recently, we've had to see Ian Book for the last few years um, pretty much be shy when it comes to playing um, these Georgias and these University of Alabamas um, because he's kind of, I don't know. I don't know if Brian Kelly just, just – made him scared or told him what not to do or who not to throw to like he did yesterday because they mentioned that O'Brien Keller said that he's not going to throw at uh, Patrick Sertain Jr. Come on, fam. What is that? This is college. This is college, man. That, that man put on his pants, his pants legs one at a time just like everybody else. Throw the ball his way just to at least show Alabama that you're able to go to other places, that you're able to go all over the field and that you're not only concentrating on your tight end and the other kid on the side, you know what I'm saying, come on, come on, man, you gotta, you gotta show some range. You gotta show the ability that you're, or, or show the, 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 the want. You know what I'm saying that you, you actually do want to go out here and, and win a game. You know what I'm saying outside of just being around and hoping that you know Alabama makes a mistake, man, you gotta take a shot. You gotta take a chance, man. Straight up and down. So um, they ain't want to take that chance, and and we got what we got. So hey, here we are, uh, winding up with the Ohio State versus Alabama game, which is a good game. Um. After seeing that 8 o'clock game last night with uh, Ohio State versus Clemson, that was a big surprise to me, man. Um, personally, I thought Clemson was going to just do it to him. 
I thought Clemson was going to just, just knock him out the block, man, <laughs> but they didn't. Yo, the kid, the kid Justin Fields came to play yesterday, man. Yo, that dude bowled out of control. Yo, I mean, come on, man. 22 for 28, 385 yards, six touchdowns, and one interception, man. Also had like 42 yards rushing. I mean, come on, man. The dude, and his crazy part, the crazy part is it seems like he, he got he got iller, got crazy with it, got more confident with it, got got a little bit more ability, got, got I don't know, a little more motivated when he took that shot to the ribs. After the shot to the ribs is when he really started going crazy. Yo, he's sitting in the heat, just, just uncorking it. Like, ah, you know what I'm saying? 40 yards in the air, 50 yards in the air, bombs, nine routes. With the safety over the top, you know I'm saying, and really, that's something that Brian Kelly needs to look at for for future future games, man. Look how Ohio State handled Clemson last night. You know what I'm saying, they had some success with the run, and then they went over the top, and they went over the top despite there being a safety, probably a four star safety back there. You know what I'm saying, waiting, helping out the corner, and their their corners at Clemson are way better than Notre Dame's. Oh, excuse me, will you? Way better than Notre Dame's, but um, I'm sorry, that's besides the point. That doesn't matter. But anyway, the corners at Clemson are probably on the same level as the corners at Alabama. You know what I'm saying? But still, Ohio State still went that way without considering, like, oh, they got the corner back there in addition to the safety over the top. Nah, they still went that way. It wasn't shook. Justin Fields was uncorking that joint. He ended up with six touchdowns. You know what I'm saying? So, yo, Notre Dame, just take a look at that for future reference, man. Just kind of see – what you could do to a team like that, and specifically Clemson, because it looks like Notre Dame is going to be playing that ACC schedule for a while. So, yo, just look at how they handle them, man. Justin Fields, yo, outstanding, man. Just went to work. I'm curious and, and really excited to see what he's going to do against Alabama. Yo, it should be a, a battle, man. I'm wondering. Um, I'm hoping that they get back to other running back at Ohio State, the kid Master T. But, yo, the, the transfer from Oklahoma is nice, man. The kid runs, runs hard. You know what I'm saying he was getting his money, man. Great game, man. Great game. Yo, and again, Justin Fields, man, is looking good. It's looking like Justin Fields is working his way back into the um, second pick of the draft. You know what I'm saying? He started throwing up some craziness um, lately, trying to hype up the kid from BYU. I, I can't even really speak on him, man. I ain't never really seen the kid. I heard, heard the name with Trey Lance, I think his name is. Is it Trey Lance? Or is Trey Lance the kid from South Dakota? I'm sorry, Trey Lance is the other one he was hyping from North Dakota State. Man, honestly, after, after this Carson Wentz situation, man, all these North Dakotas, I don't know about any of these quarterbacks from North Dakota, South Dakota, whatever. I don't know, man. I don't know. I think we need really need to chill uh, when it comes to that and kind of just, man, just really kind of sit back and take a, a better um, better analysis and try to really break down the ability of the quarterback before just, just saying, oh, he's coming from the same place that Carson Woods came from or something like that. Nah, man, y'all, y'all need to sit down and really look into this before you make this kid um, – First rounder. Um, but anyway, that was a sidebar. Uh, the, the kid from BYU, uh, Zach Wilson. I, ain't, I haven't really heard of the kid um, too much. I heard the name, but I haven't really heard like a whole whole lot about him, especially considering that they're trying to make him or push him to the, a top 10 pick. I mean, Zach Wilson, who, who I mean, really, who, who did he eat up that, that puts him in that, in that, in that, that, that range for, for 1 to 10 when it comes to the NFL draft? What squad did he catch wreck against? Who did he – Make a name against where they was like, yo, I don't know where this kid Zach Wilson came from, but he's crazy. Yo, um, for real, who who did he beat down that of note? What team did he smash that that gives him these props or that should give him the props that that he's the man? You know, what I'm saying that that deserves to be up here with with the with, with a top in, in the range of a top ten pick. You know what I'm 
I'm saying up here with the with the Trevor Lawrence's and the and the Justin Fields of the world. I don't know, man. Y'all y'all tell me. I, I don't know. I mean, if you if you can show me some work, but yo, he played such and such, and he did this. You know what I'm saying? I understand it, but I mean, I don't even think they played a full schedule this year. I mean, nobody really played a full schedule this year, but in particular, BYU. What, what? Man, let me look this up, man. I, I, if I'm not mistaken, if I'm not mistaken, I don't even think they played 10 games, man. If if they played eight games. Let me see. BYU. BYU's record. What did they do this year, man? This year... Ah, uh, see, uh, yeah, they got like eight games, and let's see, BYU, all right, BYU was one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Uh, they were ten and one. Uh, they lost. They lost against. Come on, man. They lost against Coastal Carolina, 22-17 to 17, on December 5th, and they made it to the Boca Raton, <laughs> the RoofClaim.com Boca Raton Bowl, and they smashed uh, UCF. Um, yo, let me just rock. Let me just give you some of the, some of the teams that, that, that BYU played that uh, we're supposed to use as a reference to say that uh, the kid, Zach Wilson, Zach Wilson, deserves to be a top 10 pick. Let me, just, let me give you some of these names. <laughs> this is... It's crazy. All right, Navy. <laughs> uh, the Army game got postponed. University of Troy, Louisiana Tech, UTSA. Uh, I think that's University of Texas, San Antonio. University of Houston, Texas State, Western Kentucky, Boise State, North Alabama, Coastal Carolina, San Diego State, and UCF. Come on, man. Stop. Stop. Stop, 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 stop. Stop. This is not Steve Young we're talking about here. You're going to tell me that this dude it was just that outstanding against all of these teams that he was just, just, it's just so obvious that he's the next coming. Come on, man. Stop, man. You're going to tell me he's better than just, he should be considered on the same level as Justin Fields? Hell no. Stop. Stop. And I see all these crazy yards up here, too. Like, for instance, he had. Against uh, Troy, he threw for like almost 400 yards. Louisiana Tech, Louisiana Tech, 325. Saying so he threw for 400 yards against Houston, 360 yards against Boise State, 240 against Coastal Carolina in the loss, 303 yards against San Diego State, 425 against UCF. Come on, man. Come on, man. Stop it, man. Uh, I, again, I can understand if he was playing, you know what I'm saying, some upper echelon teams or some teams that had some, some like, like a USC, somebody, somebody. Because all the, yo, these teams that I just ran down or ran off, man, none of these teams are really on the level of um, teams that we can consider with consistent defenses that we can honestly say that, all right, that's a respectable win. Now, we can't say that about Army. We can't say that about Louisiana Tech. Um, I guess you could kind of say that somewhat about Houston, but not this year. Western Kentucky. Can we really have that conversation? Boise State. When the last time Boise State been up there that we, all right, we had to respect Boise State. <laughs> North Alabama, stop. Coastal Carolina, but guess what? You lost against them. <laughs> Coastal Carolina made a name for themselves this year, and you lost. You lost against them. I'm saying BYU lost against Coastal Carolina 22-17. to 17. Wilson had like 240 yards. So I tell you what, I'm going to go to the games where they – because none of these teams, to me, are respectable. So I'll go to the ones that are kind of respectable, which is the only one, is, to me, is Coastal Carolina. All right? Let's go to that game. Zach Wilson. Zach, uh, want to push him into the top 10 pick. Wilson. <laughs> uh, 
against uh, Coastal Carolina. Let's see what the, what the dude did. Let's see what he did. Uh, that game, he was 26 of 34. Well, 409, that's not that same game. That's a different. That's against UCF. Come on, come on, ESPN. Come on, come on. What you doing? Come on, I said Coastal Carolina. Coastal Carolina. Let's let's go in here. Excuse me, y'all. This is what happens when you don't have no assistance, no nothing like that. You a one man shop. I'm saying it's the Bodega podcast right here, baby. I got my little composition book. You know what I'm saying with with the names of people who owe me some money. I'm saying they got to pay off their accounts. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, you know I mean, I got that. You know what I'm saying? I got my eye over there on the freezer just in case you cats want to get stupid and try to steal some juices, a little quarter waters out of the, out of the freezer, out of the refrigeration refrigerator, and all that. You know what I'm saying? I got my other eye. Uh, on the on the side over there, make sure you're not stashing too many lotto tickets for, for scrap paper. You know what I'm saying? I got my eyes everywhere, baby. It's a one stop shop of podcast, the bodega right here, baby. <laughs> Word, yeah, man. All right, so um, Zach Wilson against uh, Coastal Carolina, man. We are talking about Zach Wilson? He was uh, 30 attempts, 19 to 30, 240 yards, one touchdown and one interception. His QBR rating was 68.1. Whoop de woo, whoop de woo against Coastal Carolina. Ooh. Come on, man. Come on, man. Stop. All right. We're going to dead that. We're going to dead it. I'm not even considering that no more. Um, actually, I never considered it, but I'm not even going to give it no – I'm not even going to pour no fuel on the fire. I'm not going to put no sticks in the fire, none of that. I'm not going to give you no more. I'm not going to amp it up any more than what it is right now, man. Yo, any NFL team that's out there, if you're really trying to – you really need a quarterback, you might want to chill. Um, unless you're going to take him in the second round, cool, um, or take somebody else in the second round, whatever. But, yo – Anybody outside of, in my opinion, and I'm not no quarterback whisperer, I don't claim to be that, but just in my opinion, yo, don't mess with nobody outside of Trevor Lawrence and Justin Fields in the first round. If you don't have a first-round pick um, or you can't spend it on a quarterback in the first round, yo, just wait till the second round. Do not pick no Zach Wilson or no Trey Lance in the first round. I'm guaranteeing you're going to have a situation on your hands similar to the one that we have with Carson Wentz right now, you know what I'm saying, who hasn't really shown us no no work, uh, hasn't really come um, come to play since um since Frank Reich went over to Indianapolis Colts. You know what I'm saying? Straight up and down. He really hasn't shown up or has shown us his former self since Reich has left. You know what I'm saying? So you guys that take that take a chance on a kid from North Dakota State or a kid from BYU, you know what I'm saying? You could wind up in that same predicament that the Philadelphia Eagles are right now. You know what I'm saying? Same scenario, man. I mean, same scenario. All I'm saying is, yo, you might just want to chill out on that first round crap and just wait until um, second round. Unless you have a situation like with Justin Herbert, who was uh, supposed to come out or would have been like a top pick if he had came out the year before his junior year. But he went back. You know what I'm saying? Everybody slept on him. And look what happened this year. He came out his senior year, ended up with a somewhat better team, but ended up in a predicament where he wasn't even going to get no burn. And then, of course, Tyrod Taylor got into a situation which forced um, Justin Herbert to to get some more get some more opportunities, and he capitalized on them. I mean, he capitalized. So, yo, now if you have a scenario like that, um, and I don't even know, I can't even think of nobody, um, any quarterback in college right now who would have been able to come out last year. You know what I'm saying as a well, I guess as a junior, and um, we thought uh, very highly of. You know what I'm saying? I can't think of any of them, any quarterback um, in the draft right now outside of Lan- outside of Lawrence and Phillips. So, there's nobody else. I mean, if you want to hype up the kid from Florida, uh, Trace, whatever his name is, you want to hype him up, you just saw him uh, get smashed the other night. So, if you really want to do that, cool. 
definite limitations to this game for what I can see. Everybody can see him. So, I mean, whatever. I mean, to each his own. But, yo, man, just uh, my advice is, yo, don't mess with anybody outside of Fields and Lawrence in that first round when it comes to quarterbacks. You know what I'm saying? Or you asking to put yourself in a predicament that you'll have to deal with within two or three years. Uh, a la Philadelphia Eagles. A la Chicago Bears. So, take your pick, man. <laughs> take your pick. Uh, man, there's so many out there. They've missed so many times on quarterbacks. But, yeah, man. So we're going to move on, man. We're going to get ready to wind this thing up, shut it down in a second. Uh, last thing. Uh, now, nah, I got two more two more topics I want to touch on today. Of course, you, you know I got to touch on. You know I got to touch on them New York Knicks, baby. You know I got to touch on them Knicks, baby. Uh, right now, we two and three, man. It feels so different. It feels so outstanding. It warms up my belly. Warms me up inside to know that uh, we got Coach Tibbs out here with this uh, this new coaching staff that look like they really are invested into making sure that the Knicks are, are going to come out of this this hole that we've been in for the last, I don't know, 20 years. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, yo, it just feels different. I mean, just even in, in the losses even feel different. I mean, it just feels like we come into the, to these games ready to compete. Um, and these, uh, yo, it's just looking better. It's looking better, especially considering um, the fact that we had a coaching turnover and did not have a preseason. That's that's very important that people are forgetting. Coach Tibbs came on. We didn't have a preseason, B. No preseason, fam. You know what I'm saying? So we've basically been sent for like a year because we wasn't invited to the bubble, of course. So we've had a lot of turnover uh, regarding positions and had a coaching turnover with no pre, no real preseason. You know what I'm saying? Or no real training camp. You know I mean? We had a little small thing, you know, few weeks ago, but nothing crazy, you know what I'm saying, for them to really gel and get their system down. I mean, you're talking about Coach Tibbs, a dude, that, a student of the game that's going to sit there and, and have a whole bunch of information and have a whole bunch of techniques and a whole bunch of plays that he wants to install, I'm saying, to get the, the Knicks going. And he hasn't been able to do that just based off of the time, I'm saying, the time that we've been going through. So, yo, with that in, in mind, yo, we looking outstanding, if you ask me. I mean, from what I've been able to see, we've been, we've been able to beat the teams that we should be competing against, that we should be able to beat. Anyway, and uh, yeah, we took losses against a team that we probably um, that everybody would know that we would struggle with. I was hoping to get that win the other night against the Raptors. Um, hey man, we just got really, really beat up, and I think we really fell in love with the, with the three ball. Um, we got cats sitting on the perimeter. We taking too many three pointers, and uh, we had shot the ball a lot better though, man. It was crazy, but um, hey, it happens. You gonna have a bad shooting night, but I mean, technically, if you look at our roster from top to bottom, we don't have a whole lot of shooters like that anyway. So, um. I really wish that they were able to kind of like fill themselves out and just understand the vibe of the game and say, hey, yo, we're not making our three-point shots. We probably need to go ahead and um, start penetrating a little bit or taking a few steps in, trying to draw the defense maybe and either passing off of that or just, you know, continuing all the way to the hole and try to get higher percentage shots because uh, that three-pointer that three wasn't, it wasn't falling for anybody, man. We made like three three-pointers three that entire night, so it was crazy. But um, hopefully tonight against the Pacers we, we bounce back. But, yo, it just feels so much better, man. It just feels like, all right, man, even if we do take a loss, it's not all doom and bloom, you know what I'm saying? It's not all doom and gloom. It's not all It's not all bad because I feel like we're going to learn a lot from it, not to mention um, we're going through the situation right now with uh, with our two rookies, two key rookies, our two first-rounders, uh, Quickly and Obi Toppin, are both still injured right now. So, yo, man, once they get back, man, we, we should have a little bit more of uh, a balance, especially at the uh, point guard position. Um, the point <laughs> the point guard position is crazy right now, man. It's like 
every other night we got a different rotation at the point guard spot, man. If it's not for um, injuries, it's it's because you know maybe Tibbs isn't as high on somebody. Uh, for instance, um, as a good example, your Frank Nilakina is. He maybe he's not that high on him, so he he waits. Uh, or or DSJ is hasn't been practicing. You know something something or the other, man. I mean, our main consistent guys have been like Alfred Payton, and Payton. It seems like every other game he's like you know what I'm saying here or, or not here. You know what I'm saying as far as his ability and what he's able to turn and his stats in the game. I mean, it seems like I have a good game, I have an okay game, and then I have a bad one. And have a good one, and then I have a bad one, and then I have an okay one. And, and it's just a lot of inconsistency, man. And um, in addition to that, it's just kind of like it seems like the offense runs a whole lot better when Quickly's in the game, running a point. You know what I mean? It seems like it runs a whole lot better, a whole lot smoother. You know what I'm saying? And it's kind of like, I don't know, man. He just kind of instills that confidence, you know what I'm saying, that the offense will be run a lot better and he'll get – people in the right positions because especially the other night against the Raptors, it was like, yo, how many three-pointers you want to take before somebody just calms everybody down and say, yo, 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 no, no, you move over here, man. No, get off get off, get off, off three-point line. <laughs> you don't need to shoot that shot. But Patrick, you would say, you don't shoot that shot. But nah, man, yeah, man, uh, just need a point guard to kind of just set the pace, man, and make sure that everybody is where they need to be, put them in um, the best possible positions to have a, uh, a high percentage shot. You know what I'm saying? We just need a point guard to make that happen. And I think right now, quickly, it's showing that ability. You know what I'm saying? I really feel like he's done that. Um, and we, we need him back. We need him back. Um, but crazy enough, before uh, Frank had the, the most recent injury, Frank looked good. Frank looked damn good um, for, for a couple of games, man. And, um, yo, I, feel, I was starting to feel like Frank was turning the corner, but it's kind of like, man, it seems like every time he has a, a good little couple of games or whatever, uh, something happens. You know what I'm saying? I don't know. It's injured or some craziness happens or any I don't know man it's just, just so much uh, inconsistency when it comes to um Frank's game man it's, it's hard to really put a gauge on man it's hard to really kind of um understand what kind of uh, what you're going to get from him on a night in night out basis you know what I mean it's wild but um hopefully man he's able to bounce back especially uh, being that um I'm not sure if quickly is uh, coming back yet um but we we definitely need quickly back we definitely need him um big time so um. Yeah, man, for everybody that's a Knicks fan out there, man. Yo, man, I know y'all feeling good, man. We just gonna try to we're gonna try to not be what we normally are, which is delusional. <laughs> Word. You know what I'm saying? I, and I'm gonna make a promise to myself. I'm gonna try to do the same thing, man, is try to just just stay chill and calm, you know what I'm saying, throughout this whole season and not to get too excited, not run with things, just kinda wait and see what happens. You know what I'm saying? I'm fine with us being five hundred. I mean, we we've been at the bottom of the barrel for the longest. We we can stay around five hundred, man. That's a that's a plus for me. I'm saying that's a plus. Even if we're kind of on the outside looking in for the playoffs, um, if we're able to do what we've been able to do so far, I mean, that's still better than where we've been, and that's that's a come up. I'm saying we got two first round picks. I think maybe even three first round picks coming up in this next draft. One of those picks is from the uh, Dallas Mavs. So hey, you you never know. You never know what that pick can turn into, especially considering that uh um. Porzingis is always kind of uh, under the weather when it comes to like injuries and all that. You never know what kind of uh, results will happen because of his injuries um, to the Dallas Mavericks and Luka Doncic having to kind of shoulder the load. So you don't know. We might wind up with a with a, a top fifteen. You, hey, you know you don't know. I'm saying what we're thinking. So um, but yeah, man, that's my Knicks minute, man. I don't want to bang you on the head too badly with the Knicks, man, because um, you're gonna get a whole lot of that this year. Hit <laughs> twenty one, baby. I love it. Word, word. So, yeah, let's move on, man. Let's move on to the last topic of the night. 
Yeah, 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 yeah. So y'all already know, man, this last joint we're going to touch on is uh, we got a nice, decent fight tonight. Uh, you got your man, Ryan Garcia, uh, lightweight champion, Ryan Garcia versus Luke Campbell tonight, man. Um, yeah, man, they're trying to hype up this Ryan Garcia kid like he the next coming, man. They trying to make Ryan Garcia, man, like that new golden boy angel, man, that new golden boy king, whatever, man. It's like, slow down, just relax, be easy, you know what I'm saying? Um, yeah, I know y'all, I know y'all had beef with Canelo or whatever, and Canelo left the stable, you know what I'm saying? And Ryan Garcia is this crazy, um, crazy social media sensation or whatever, and maybe they're looking at Ryan Garcia to kind of make, be that bridge as far as bringing over more, more people into boxing, um, through following him. Saying and and that's all good and love, man. You always want to have um, any potential to add more boxing fans is, is a plus. You know what I'm saying? That's that's always a good look. Yeah, you know I mean, um, but uh, as far as I know, man, he's in a tough he's in a tough division. And um, just looking at his record and look at looking at the people he's faced, man, he's still got some work to do, man. As far as earning and gaining uh, uh, my respect, <laughs> straight up and down. I mean, you know I mean? in the cipher, uh, yo. Man, he ain't show me nothing yet. I'm sorry, man. It's all good. Would you come with the little, you know what I'm saying, little popcorn love girls or whatever? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Little social media groupies and all that. You know what I'm saying? These little 15-year-old girls, 16-year-old girls and all that going crazy. Got some celebrities. It's kind of like jumping on them. Ryan Garcia is that next coming, next, is that next dude in the boxing. But, I mean, so far from what I've been able to, to see, most of the people that's hyping Ryan Garcia are not like boxing people. You know what I'm saying? They're not like people who follow boxing on a regular basis, man. They're not even novice boxing fans. And it's always that, that line that you that's drawn. And it's always that um that distinction between your true boxing fans, your like novice boxing fans, and then just like those fans uh that are just kinda around and just show up when somebody's having a boxing a major boxing fight at their crib. You know what I'm saying? Fight night, something like that. It's always that that, that line that's been drawn, man. And and so far he hasn't crossed over to that line of of you know what I'm saying, um, true boxing fans or, or novice boxing fans really hyping him up like that. You know what I'm saying? The kid ha- definitely has some ability. I mean, he's 20 and 0 with 17 knockouts. You know what I'm saying? I'm not taking nothing from him, but I just haven't seen the work on that record. You know what I'm saying? The work, the um, the competition on that record that's that's like, I right, Ryan Garcia is somebody to, to be worried about. You know what I'm saying? I haven't seen it yet. So he has a kid, Luke Campbell tonight, but – Hey man, um, I said it before when I was talking about boxing in that in that last that last episode, and I was touching on it a little bit. Yo, I said it before, man. Any boxer right now in in the current uh, times that we have right now, coming from the UK, I'm not really respecting them. You know what I'm saying outside of uh, Fury, you know what I'm saying outside of Fury, and maybe one more dude. Yo, I'm not really respecting nobody out of the UK, man. I mean, they just haven't shown me nothing. Um, if you look at their records, nine times out of ten, they've always only faced like other UK boxers. You know what I'm saying? Ain't never really faced nobody that you like that you know. I'm saying, and I can understand if these UK boxers were like, "All right, y'all heard of him? Oh, 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 he fought him? Oh, okay." I'm saying some Kell Brooks, something like that. You know what I'm saying? But these other dudes, yo, I ain't never heard of these guys. I mean, I'm just like, come on, man, who 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 is this guy? Like, like, uh, for instance, that that Canelo Callum Smith joint, man, they was trying to hype the dude up like Smith, like, oh, he's this, he's that, he 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 could do this, and then you go and you look at his record, you look at his his past few fights, and he, he. Shows you nothing that's going to make you think that he's going to be able to, to compete with Canelo. And guess what happened? He wasn't able to compete. He didn't even come to fight, man. 
I mean, it didn't make any sense. It was like a, it was like Canelo was fighting his sparring partner. You know what I'm saying? It was like, come on, man, you serious? Where they get this dude from? The UK. So it's almost like picture picture the WWF back in the day. You know what I'm saying? Or, or I guess now I don't know it's WWE or whatever. But yo, just picture the, the heavyweight champion. You know what I'm saying? You had the heavyweight champion um, championship belt versus the Intercontinental Champion. You know what I'm saying? It's kind of like all right, UK boxers are like. Only fighting for the intercontinental belt. <laughs> Yo, they don't really have, I don't know, man. They really just don't have the record um, or really, in, in my eyes, they just really don't have the amount of boxes that's on that higher level of boxing to make themselves seem a little bit more respectable in the eyes of true and novice boxing fans. I mean, it's kind of like, yo, who you fighting? Like, I mean, even for tonight, in this instance, you're talking about Ryan Garcia and Luke Campbell. So the dude Campbell, let's let's just take a look real quick. I mean, if you look at his last five fights, man. All right, he got a fight against uh, Linares. Linares, he, he lost to Linares uh, back in seventeen. All right, respectful. Yeah, cool, cool. But then these other ones, I mean, I don't know. They suspect. I mean, he lost to. Uh, uh, not really. All right, I'll just run them down. He lost to uh, Troy James. Who was Troy James? Troy James back in like 2018. He lost to some cat, uh, Javon Mendy. Back in 2018 from France. Come on, man. Uh, never heard of him. Um, and then he lost to Adrian Young. Or Adrian Young. No, excuse me. I'm sorry. He won. After losing to Linares, he beat Troy James, Yvonne, or Yevon, Mendy, and Adrian Young. You know what I'm saying? Uh, the kid Mendy is France, from French. He's France. <laughs> He's a French dude. He's from France, of course. And then the other dude, uh, Adrian Young, is a Mexican. You know what I'm saying? Um, Latino boxer. Um, and then after that, in 19, he, he fought the dude Adrian in 19. And then he also followed up and fought uh, Lomachenko in 19. In 19, he lost to Loma, of course. I'm saying because nobody beat Loma outside of um, Teofimo and uh, the other dude. I forgot his name um, way back when. But, um, yeah, man, he lost to Loma. Um, that was his last fight, and that was back in 19. So, even still, I haven't really heard of the dude, Luke Campbell, too much. Um, nobody's really expecting anything special. Um, again, UK fighter, UK fighter to me uh, that I haven't heard of, so I'm really not expecting anything. And again, I just want to make sure that you understand, I'm not your true boxing fan, but I'm a novice. So I, I watch the fight here and there, and I'm, I pay attention. Um, I'm kind of up on most of the champions, you know what I'm saying? I, I'm kind of aware of a lot of the boxers uh, that have names, you know what I'm saying? But um, Luke Campbell is not one of them. Sorry. So I'll be surprised if uh, this is a decent fight, you know what I'm saying? Of course, it's kind of like seeming like this is kind of a buildup for Ryan Garcia to reach that next level when it comes to the fandom, to reach that next level of trying to have his name out there as one of the top fighters in the sport. It's trying to uh, challenge um, the, upper, the upper echelon of boxers when it comes to that light, lightweight division. Um, the only issue is uh, I don't think he's ready. I don't think he's ready. In fact, I know he's not ready. You know, he's definitely not ready for no Teofima. That's for damn sure. He's not ready for Teofima. He's not ready for uh, Lomachenko, um, even though Loma might be trying to move out, move out of that division. I don't think he's ready for Haney. You know what I'm saying? Because if he was, you know how go <laughs> Just based on how Golden Boy um, got down when it came to Canelo, man, they really ain't, they're not too keen on taking a whole lot of risk. You know what I'm saying? They're only going to take some risk if it really is in their favor. And, yo, um... Right now, if uh, if Ryan Garcia was to take on Teo, Loma, Haney, um, or Comey, he, he'd be uh, the underdog in all of those fights. So, eh, 
Man, I don't know. But uh, we're going to see tonight. We're going to see what he does tonight, man. I'm, I'm curious. This will be probably my second or third time uh, checking out the kid, Ryan Garcia. So, uh, hey, man. I don't know. I'm not expecting a whole lot of fireworks, man. I'm expecting Garcia to come in there. Again, he's fighting uh, Luke Campbell from the U.K. He's going to come in there, probably play with him for about five or six rounds and knock him out in the seventh, something like that. You know what I'm saying? The, the internet's going to go crazy. The crowd's going to go crazy, whatever. They're going to keep hyping this kid. Dan Raphael going to be popping up. Oh, this kid. In there. Yeah, whatever, man. Fight somebody. You know what I'm saying? Golden boy, Oscar. Oscar, get that man a fight that's respectable so we can all respect him and be like, all right, yo, the, the dude Ryan Garcia is for real. You know what I'm saying? Um, yeah, man. That's all I got for y'all for y'all tonight for the first episode of 2021. Please excuse uh, the crazy feedback I'm going through right now, man. It's again, we still a, a one one stop one stop shop when it comes to the podcast, man. We just trying to get together and trying to get better, man. So yeah, man. Y'all know what it is, man. All right, y'all, my bad. Um, I'm going to go to the Guitar Center and give me some new headphones because that's what's causing this issue. <laughs> but, yo, man, if you're not safe, man, be careful out there in these streets, 2021. Just glad to be here. Glad to be, glad, glad to be blessed. And I'm glad y'all was able to listen and take it in. And, again, this was the first episode of 2021. This is uh, the Business Cypher podcast. I will get at you peoples later. Peace.